Praise the Lord, family, and welcome, friends, to the GRTDC Virtual Sanctuary. I'm Deacon Andre Keenan, and I am so glad you chose to join us today in worship. We know that the Lord will meet us here in this virtual space. So go ahead, hit the share button so that your family and friends will know that GRTDC is the place to be. If this is your first time here, hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss out on any future activities or worship services. On behalf of Bishop Michael Fields and Lady Melissa Fields, we say welcome and we pray that you are blessed by this worship experience. Have a blessed day.
Other folk don't answer the phone, but Jesus, he answers when you call. Hallelujah. Oh, his name. Hallelujah. He's a million things all wrapped up into one. Hallelujah. I love the Lord. Hallelujah. I call him holy. I call him healer. I call him mighty. Hallelujah. I call him provider. Hallelujah. He's my savior. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. Hallelujah. 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 I call you holy. Your name is holy. You are so holy to me. I call you holy.
just this week alone, hallelujah. If you need a provision, he was a provider. If you needed company, he was a friend. If you needed a counselor, he was a great counselor. If you needed a mediator, he was a mediator. If you needed a lawyer, he was a lawyer, hallelujah. saints. Praise the Lord, saints. Come on, can we give the Lord a praise? Can we give the Lord a praise? Can we give the Lord a praise? Jesus, you are and Jesus, you'll be in my life. Hey, God, he's a worthy God. He's a worthy, he's a worthy, he's a worthy, he's a worthy God. He's a worthy God. Come on and praise him. Come on and lift him up. Come on and magnify him. Can you take 60 seconds and give God a good praise for all that he's done, for the victories that he's won, for who he is in your life? You're worthy. I say you're worthy. Jesus, you are, and Jesus, you'll be. Hey, Lord, we love you this morning. Lord God, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and stand to your feet. Come on, let everybody rest on your feet this morning. And give God 30 seconds as we enter into prayer. Come on, glory. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Mighty, mighty, mighty God. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we come to you this morning, seeking your face, oh God. You woke us up this morning, oh God. Woke us up, Lord God, just inches away from death. Oh God, you brought us out of a miry clay, Lord God. Touched our head and said, breathe again this morning. Oh God, and come into the house of God and give me praise. Now, Father, as we enter into thy courts with thanksgiving, let us enter into thy courts with praise. Oh Lord, bless 
us in this place. You know every need, every situation, and every circumstance. Minister to us, O oh God, according to thy divine wisdom. Move, O oh God, and speak into our heart according to thy divine knowledge. Rest upon the man of God as he brings forth your word. Fresh oil, Lord God, from heaven. Oh God, the oil that makes ministering easy. Oh God, continue to move, Lord God, in the midst of your people. Lord God, let the instruments, Lord God, and every song singer sing with great anointing and power. Lord God, that we would stir up, Lord God, a praise. Lord God, that ascends unto heaven. That we would stir up a worship that the angels would take notice of and look down and say, they have a praise that I can't praise. Oh God, they worship. Oh God, in a way, Lord God, that is submissive unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord God, oh God, as we go through this sour, Lord God, in your presence, meet every need, walk up and down every aisle. Lord God, heal, Lord God, every sickness among us. Bind every demon force. Bind every wayward spirit. Lord God, bring in the house of God a spirit of oneness, a spirit of love, a spirit of togetherness, oh God, that we would glorify your name. Lord God, in the beauty of holiness, do this for us, Father. And we'll be so careful to give your name the praise. We'll give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Let everybody that love the Lord say amen. Those that are looking for us, come and say amen. Amen again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory to God. Uh, as we go into the word of God, glory, we'll find ourselves in Isaiah, the 55th chapter. That's Isaiah chapter number 55. Glory to God. And we'll begin reading it at verse number 4. Isaiah 55. And here beginneth the reading of God's word. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that, that knoweth not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, word, my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word, sanctified in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Thank you, Lord.
safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see.
work for it. There's nothing you could do that, to gain it. You're already loved. Hallelujah. Before the foundation of the world was framed, he knew your name. He knows every hair on your head, every tear you cry. He saved them. He knows everything about you. And what concerns you concerns him. He loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So no matter what you're going through, just remember, you're already loved. Hallelujah. You're already loved. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're already loved. Yes, you are. That's who he is. That's who he is. Hallelujah. He's a good, good father. Hallelujah. That's who he is. That's who our God is. He's a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. Oh, he's a good, good father. Yeah, that's why I praise your name. And I that's why I praise him because he poured out his love upon me do you know who you are today hallelujah you ought to have a praise on your lips your hands ought to be beating one against the other because our God is great 
and he's greatly to be praised. He came down here to see about us. He went to Calvary Cross to be, hallelujah, what we needed to be. Hallelujah, sons of God, worshiping our God, declaring his glory. And in this place, we gather ourselves this morning. We ought to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we ought to rise to our feet and declare our king to the world today and tell him who he is. He made us know who we are. And we've been brought with a price. And we're not our own. We belong to God today. And we worship him. And we give him glory. And that's who he is to us. Hallelujah. Now that's who you are, Lord. That's who you are. Hallelujah. And we've been loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm stirred up this morning because I thought about how he loved us. I thought about it. Did you think about it this morning? That God loved us. Hallelujah. I'm here to worship this morning. I came in this place to worship our Lord. And I came to give him glory. I wanted to give my God something. I wanted to give him something that, hallelujah, that money couldn't buy. I wanted to give him something that if I dig down to the lowest parts of the earth, I, I couldn't find it. But I wanted to give my God the praise and the glory that's due unto his name. Hallelujah. Saints, it's offering time. <laughs> it's offering time. It's offering time. You may have come in here with money and you may not, but it's offering time. It's time to give God something. It's time to give God something. What would you give him? What would you give my God today? Yes, Lord, it is in order that we give our tithes and our offering. Hallelujah. We're moving forward in the service. Hallelujah. Worship and praise is in order. The tithes and offering is in order. We come to give unto the Lord of our substance, that which he has given unto us. We're giving back a portion back to God. Amen. The Bible requires that we give a tenth of that which God has given unto us, along with our offerings. Amen. So at this time, we would like for you to rise to your feet. If you will be a witness for God, stand to your feet at this time. Amen. As we come preparing our tithes and our offering, we go before God in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking you, Lord God, almighty God, hallelujah, to look down upon us one more time as we come to present unto you that a portion which you have given unto us. Lord, we ask you to bless it and increase it, Lord God. Lord God, supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And God, we're asking you to touch our hearts one more time. That we will come giving cheerfully. We will come giving bountifully into, oh God, the basket this morning. Hallelujah. That you may give increase into the house of God. That souls will come in and be saved, healed, and delivered. That your word will continue to go forth with power, with demonstration of the Holy Ghost. This is what we ask of you this morning. That you will bless this offering. Let it be a miracle in this house. In Jesus' name, let the church say Amen. Hallelujah. As you depart. We ask that you that are watching on live stream will follow the prompt at the bottom of your screen. 
Hallelujah is another way that you can give, even if you're not in the house this morning. Those of you, amen, have come into the temple this morning and you might have desired to give using your credit card or debit card. Uh, the machine is down at this time, so amen. Just hold on to it and amen, you'll be able to give the next time. this morning hallelujah we're looking forward with an expectation amen because nothing like being fed from man or from on high the word of God that feeds our soul that we may live and at this time we have amen our, our pastor Bishop Michael Fields amen a man of God that love God and love his people he's about to break the word of life to us let us receive him in Jesus name Come on, give the Lord some praise. Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Come on, give him glory in the house. Hallelujah. Come on and bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul. And forget not his benefits towards me. Further down that piece of music, David would say, he has not dealt with me according to my iniquity. Hallelujah. Yes. He has not treated me like people 
The Lord helped me when I could not help myself. The Lord kept me because I could not keep myself. The Lord strengthened me because I could not strengthen myself. The Lord has been good to us. And I don't know about you, but I've come to give the Lord some praise today. If he's been good to you, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, it is of the Lord's mercies that we have not been consumed. His compassions faileth not, yet they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Praise the Lord, everyone. I honor the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the boss. Yes, he is. And I love him so much. And to all of the men of God that are here, our assistant pastor and uh, yes, amen too. Amen. And uh, to all of their wives that are here with us on today and to the deacons and mothers and missionaries and yeah. And uh, to Lady Fields who's here with us this morning and to And to all of you, give yourself a hand. The Lord has allowed you to be in his house on today. And to those of you who have connected with us today via live stream, we say praise the Lord to you. The Lord has been gracious in bringing us back together again to worship, to praise. The Lord is good. And just like we're feeling him here in this house, you can feel him in your house Hallelujah. The same God that's moving here will move in your house. So if we lift our hands, you lift your hands. If we say, Lord, we thank you, say it over there. And the same God that's touching here will touch there. I'm believing God that the Lord will bless you. Father, we love you today and we're so grateful once again for bringing us into your house, into your presence. We ask that you would bless us through your word. Move in this place, oh God. Give us what we need, we ask in Jesus' name. Say it with me in Jesus' name. Amen. We started a series uh, dealing with the mind. And uh, today will be the second installment in that series. Last week we started it and um, we came out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 13 through 18 and the subject was living in a temporary world with an eternal mindset and today we're in the book of Colossians chapter 3 I'll read verses 1 through 4 in your hearing but I will focus on the second verse in order to develop thought that the Lord has put in my heart to share with you Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 
it sounds like this. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word and sanctify it in our hearts that we may grow thereby. Verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Not on things on the earth. I'm going to read it out of the New International Version. It sounds like this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Three words I want to extract from that verse, verse number two, set your mind, set your mind. You may be seated. If you don't understand it now, you will hopefully by the time the Lord is through. Set your mind. It's been said many times, so I'm sure you're familiar with the saying, we are in the world, but not of the world. It's, it's a phrase that's heard a lot in our culture, I should say in Christian culture. It refers to what Jesus said as it is recorded by John in the 15th chapter, 19th verse. Jesus says these words, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Said again, Jesus is talking here. The 17th chapter of the book of John. He says, I have given them thy word. The world hath hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. So concept of the phrase also is talked about later in the New Testament by even the Apostle Paul, who summarizes the thought by saying this in Romans, the 12th chapter, the second verse tells the Roman congregation, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He would repeat it also to the Ephesian congregation. As he talks to them about living holy in this unholy world. He would say to them that ye put off concerning the former conversation. And any time you see the word conversation in the New Testament, it means behavior. So, he says that you may put off concerning the former behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. 
and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Again, to the church that is found in Thessalonica, he would talk to them also about a mindset of holiness. Furthermore, in chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians, verse 1, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and please God. So ye would abound more and more. The New Testament church was told that if you walk according to God's word, if you focus on his precepts, you have no other choice but to grow and to prosper in the kingdom. There was no such thing as a prosperity gospel. There was no such thing, hallelujah, of the preacher telling them that you can have everything without God. They made sure that they put Jesus in the middle of everything. Let them know that there is a certain mindset or thought process that the children of God should have. The word of God would also tell us that there is constantly and consistently a contrast between us and the world. One reason is because of who's ruling the world. Now, when the world is used in the New Testament context, in the Greek, the word would be cosmos, which often refers to the planet and all of those that inhabit the world. And I know the Bible says the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. But there was a problem that occurred in Genesis. Adam and Eve had fallen from grace, and Adam, literally, because he disobeyed God, turned dominion over to the enemy so hallelujah when the bible talks about the world and the cosmos and they that live in the world if there is ever a contrast or a comparison between his children and the children of the world it literally means that the people of the world are living their lives with their backs turned to god because satan is the prince of the cosmos Jesus called them in John chapter 12, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. He says it again in St. John. Can I take my time today? Chapter 16, verse 11 of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Even the Apostle John mentions that the whole world is under control of the evil one. So basically, the system of the world is, is ruled rather by Satan. And hallelujah, no child of God should want to be a part of the system of this world. Hallelujah. So... Jesus said out of his mouth that those that believe in him are no longer a part of this cosmos. Hallelujah. And sin because of salvation is no longer, hallelujah, holding power or dictating to us. And we don't have to be trapped by the principles of this world. Hallelujah. In short, I'll summarize it by saying this, you can live holy. Hallelujah. Raise your hand and say, I can live holy. 
Yes, that's what Jesus wanted us to know. And uh, those that taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know we're living in this world, but I don't want you to use the world as an excuse to live outside of the holiness of God. Hallelujah. Because sin, because of your salvation, has no longer dominion over you. And you don't have to be trapped by what the world is saying are doing. You don't have to be trapped by the principles of this world. Hallelujah. And to be in Christ means that you have experienced a change. Anybody know about that change? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So then, hallelujah, logically I could say if we're no longer ruled by Satan and sin anymore, but we live here, then there must be a constant and a consistent pull or tug of war. Even Paul said, I've discovered that within my members even there is a war going on. Every time I try to move to the right, the enemy, even myself even, because there are some things we blame the devil for. It's not the devil, it's just you. Hallelujah. The Paul said there are days when I know to do right and I find myself doing the opposite of what I know. He said, but I had to learn to bring this flesh under the subjection of the word of God. And because of this, I don't have a desire to participate in the values or the principles of this world. We have been set apart. And I, I know to some of you that sounds old school, but I need to let you know before I continue, there's really no such thing as old school. It's just whether you're in or out, holy are unholy, saved or unsaved. And if we're going to be a part of the kingdom, then we have to function like kingdom children. How many of you can say, I'm a child of God? Yes, now and to be a child of God means so much more than what you look like on the outside. Being a part of the kingdom of God is so much more than the doily that's on your head or hallelujah, the clothes that you have on or the fact that you're a member of a particular church to be a child of God means I'm walking according to his way and and I'm living to please God. And it comes with an understanding that I have been called out of darkness in to his marvelous lights. I've read to you out of the book of Colossians. It's a portion of an epistle that was written by the Apostle Paul to the saints in Coloss. Hallelujah. It's a city not too far from Laodicea. And he's writing really to warn them concerning the danger that was coming from Jewish zealots that, hallelujah, was so pressed. They felt like it was necessary to them for everyone to observe the ceremonial law. You're not really saved if you don't follow these rules. 
You're not really in the church if you don't do what I say you should do. And Paul was upset when he heard this. And he writes to fortify them against the mixture of Gentile philosophies that were floating through the congregation with, hallelujah, they were trying to mix Christianity with philosophy and the sayings of that day. And the intelligentsia of this culture felt like intelligence was greater than salvation. It was a humanistic point of view which literally says God is my creation. It's he's something that I came up with to make myself feel good but all you need is an education or all you need is a mentality and you can live above all of that and I can see the smoke coming out of Paul's ears this is why the theme of this particular book deals with the supremacy of Christ hallelujah so there were two problems one the zealots a group of Jews who felt like you gotta follow these rules you're not doing it right unless you do it this way and those who were struggling with the freedom that comes with salvation hallelujah and felt like it doesn't take all of that to be holy and you can rise above the ignorance of religion or hallelujah your perception of salvation and let me further explain because they felt like it was ignorant for me to serve a God that I cannot see with my natural eye. It, it is ignorant for someone to claim that the language that's coming out of your mouth is coming directly from heaven. That's, that's foolishness. Now understand this is not a new argument. The Old Testament saints had to wrestle with the same mentality and God stood up in the prophet and said it is senseless for you to worship a God hallelujah that you have to make with your own hands and he has hands that cannot touch he, he has eyes that cannot see as a matter of fact in order to talk to your God you've got to go to where the statue is in order for your God to be where you are, you have to pick the statue up and carry him wherever you go. God laughed at this mentality in the Old Testament and said, I made you with my own hands. And if I let you look at me because you're in sinful flesh, you would not survive. Hallelujah, because I'm too holy. 
for you to look at me in my reality. Holly, that's why Moses was not allowed to see him face to face. God said, I'll let you look at me as I pass by you. So it's not a new argument. Hallelujah, but in the New Testament realm, hallelujah, we're using intellectualism as a segue into pulling those that believed in this God away from the truth of the gospel. I've never seen God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says no man has seen God. But by faith I have received him. And because of that faith and his grace, Christ is living on the inside of me. Listen, there's no one in this place that has the Holy Ghost that can stand up and deny what they feel on the inside. I would have to lie to your face to tell you that I can feel him when I really can feel him on the inside. I would have to make it up to say that I can't feel his anointing. That I would have to make it up. It is true. Anyone in here know what I'm talking about? What I have on the inside is real. Paul had an issue with those who would allow this to interrupt the flow of their salvation. What you say sounds good, hallelujah, but I can't deny that God has made a change in my life. So here is Paul writing this epistle and he writes around the same time that he's writing the book of Ephesians and Philippians. He's in the same place. He's in jail under house arrest. He cannot leave. He's, he's got chains around his waist and around his ankles and his wrist but he would not allow his confinement to make him idle he would not allow his situation to make him sit down on his commitment to Jesus Christ hallelujah this is why he writes to Timothy and says I'm suffering trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds but the word of God is not bound in other words I refuse to allow what I'm dealing with in my life hallelujah to stop preaching and teaching the word of God I've got a word before I continue hallelujah for someone in here look down your row and tell somebody whatever it is don't let it stop you Hallelujah, whatever it is, whatever is fighting you, whatever is trying to hinder you, don't let it stop you. 
So Paul says he's he's writing from prison and he's dealing with this. And now Coloss was a different place. It was highly intellectual. It was flooded with philosophical ideas and concepts. Hallelujah. This is why Paul writes to them in the second chapter. He says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men. I feel my help now. And after the of the world and not at the Christ. Don't let anyone mess with your joy. Don't let anyone turn your spiritual life upside down. I don't care how good the book was you read. If it's not based on the word of God, put it down. I don't care how good it sounded what they said. If it's not rooted in God, walk away from it that's why Paul said on another occasion even if an angel comes down from heaven preaching any other gospel let him be a curse hallelujah so he said don't let anybody spoil you don't let anybody tickle your ear don't let anybody make you hallelujah or rather come to a place where you're undecided now about where your help comes from. They were messing with the centrality of Jesus. Hallelujah. You've got to put Jesus where he belongs. Everything you have is based on Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything you do should be based on Jesus. That's why he says for in him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him scream down your and say that's why I'm Jesus only because he is the head in him I am complete he is my joy he he is my strength he he is the head of all principality and power so don't let anybody trick you into taking Jesus out of your life this is why I praise this is why I clap. This is why I sing. It's all because of had it not been for Jesus. I wouldn't be able to sing the way I sing. Had it not been for Jesus, I wouldn't even be sitting in here. Don't you remember how you were before Jesus found you? So why would you let the devil make you move Jesus out of your life? No. Hallelujah. You better tell everybody Jesus is here to stay in my life. So he is dealing with a mindset. Hallelujah. You've got to be careful of how you live. Because we live according to what we think most of the time. 
And that's a problem because we have too many people in church. All they can talk to you about is what they think. And if their thoughts are not based on the rudiments of the movement of God's word, hallelujah, they are easy to be pulled into error. Hallelujah. So it does matter what you focus on. It does matter what you feed your mind. Hallelujah. Some people, they believe everything they read. Hallelujah. But what you should have started with was the word of God. Is it in the word? If it's not in the word, it's not the book for you. If it's against the word, then it's not the book for you. I'd rather have his word because his word will set me free. I'd rather have his word because his word will bring peace to my mind. So Paul was trying to get them to keep their minds on whatever God said. He understood that the mindset is the most single factor that influences the life of an individual. If I collect the wrong thoughts, if I collect the wrong beliefs, hallelujah, if I gravitate to the wrong stuff, I will eventually live out what I've been reading or what I've been attaching myself to. Hallelujah. Some of you look at the soap operas more than you read the word of God. And because of this, you have become sensual. You watch TV more than you read the word of God. And because of this, your mindset is fastened to what you saw on TV. And there's more TV in your head than there is the word of God. But David said, it's thy word that I had to hide in my heart. That I would not sin. I know you don't like this. I can feel it in my spirit. It's only because your mindset is not focused in the right place. Hallelujah. 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 So Paul wrestles with this. And he says, if you have been risen with Christ, if there's been a change in your life, you've been baptized and brought out of that watery grave, and you're walking in the newness of life, because the Holy Ghost is abiding on the inside. If you've been risen with Christ, I'm not living like the old man anymore. 
I'm learning how to let go of my flesh and be led by the Spirit of God. Because they that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. I feel my help now. So he said, if you were risen with Christ, then you should be seeking those things which are above. In other words, I know you're in the world. Hallelujah. But because you're not of the world, you're not seeking prosperity according to the standards of man. Because you already understand that what would it profit a man to gain this whole world? but lose his soul you made a million dollars but you never gave your life to Jesus and when you die you can't take that money with you your soul means more than what's in your pocket raise your hand and say my soul means more hallelujah he says set seek rather those things that are above where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God what is he doing there he's making intercession for you and for me don't you remember Pentecost couldn't come until Jesus went and sat on the right hand and when he sat down he said I'm going to send you another comforter I don't want to leave you comfortless I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost and if you do what I tell you to do I'll lead you and guide you into all truth hallelujah and the only way you can make it in the world is to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost will teach you how to walk the Holy Ghost will teach you how to talk and the Holy Ghost will teach you how to think hallelujah a Holy Ghost believer should not have the same mindset that an unbeliever has hallelujah lift your hands and say the things that I used to do I don't do no more and the things I used to say I don't say no more now I know I set you up because the only people that can say that are people who have a mind of Christ my mind is on him my thoughts are on him baby that's how you survive when you're sick in your body 
I don't have time to think about what the doctor said. I got to keep my mind. That's what Paul meant when he said to set your affection. He's really talking about my mindset. I got to fix my mind. I got to focus on the things that are above. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that I ignore the pain. It doesn't mean that I ignore the situation. It doesn't mean that I ignore the sickness. It does mean that because I belong to God, I can live above the pain. I can live above the sickness. And even if this earthly house, this tabernacle be dissolved, I already know in my mind, I've got another building that's not made with hands. Scream down your row and ask somebody, what are you worried about? Just set your mind. Oh God, on things above and not on things of the earth. I know it sounds crazy to an unbeliever. It may even sound crazy to someone that's weak in favor. But I heard the word say, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And Paul said, I don't serve God with my emotion. Because if I served him with my emotion, I would only serve him when I feel good. I don't serve him with my feeling. I'm not caught up in my flesh. I can't serve him that way. But with my mind, I serve the Lord. So even when I'm sick in my money, Paul said, I was afflicted and I went to God three times and said, Lord, heal me. But God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. If I was caught in my feelings, I would have walked out of the church. But here I am limping, but I still got to pray. Here I am in pain, but I still got to praise. That's because I set my mind. Say yeah. Tell somebody in this place. Set your mind. Focus on the things of God. You better have an understanding that God is greater than my pain. God is greater than my situation. God is greater than what's going on. I'm going to set my mind on the Lord. And even 
in the midst of opposition and even in the midst of pain when we think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me I'll still praise him out of my soul my soul shall make a boast in the Lord say thank you thank you thank you Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't let the world mess with your head. Look down your row and point at your head. I say, don't let the world mess with your head. Don't let what the doctor said mess with your head. Don't let what the people say mess with the devil is a liar. Did you hear what I said? Don't let what the people say. Mess. Oh, I need to say it again. Because some of y'all are tangled up in people. But who saved you? Who loosed you? Who's your deliverer? Who's your healer? Who's your way maker? You better set your... Say yeah. I need you to look at three people and just say stay focused on the things of God. Stay focused on the things of God. I'm almost through. But I give, gotta give you five things you can do to stay focused on God. Number you gotta start your day with God scream at somebody and tell them you gotta start your day with God even before you swing your legs out of your bed before you brush your dirty teeth and goggle out that nasty breath you should open your mouth between the sheets and say Lord I thank you for another day this bed could have been my cooling board I could have died in my sleep scream hurt your neighbor and say he woke me up this morning Hey, hey, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And the second thing you've got to do to make sure you stay focused, you gotta remain in prayer every day. You gotta pray every day, everywhere. Pray in your house. Pray 
in your car. Pray on your job. Pray. You gotta have a habit of prayer. Saints, don't stop praying. The Lord is nigh. Saints, don't stop praying. He'll hear your cry. Can I preach in here? What the Lord has promised, His word is true. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. He'll answer you. The third thing you gotta do to stay focused, you gotta learn how to limit the distractions. You gotta keep the space clear between you and Jesus so you can keep your eyes, hallelujah, on him. Thank you, Lord. I'm reminded in the book of Joshua, in the third chapter, round about the fourth verse, Joshua told Israel, there should be a space between you and it, meaning the Ark of the Covenant, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Con had them stay far between them and the ark. It was about a mile. And the reason was so it didn't matter what kind of terrain they were traveling on. They could always see God and move in the direction that he was going in. But they could not allow anything in between them and the presence of God. Talk to somebody in here. Scream past your mask and tell them you can't see God with all that stuff in your space. You gotta move that out of the way. Did you hear what I say? Move it. Roll the stone. Move it. Roll the lust. Move it. Anything between you and your God. Get it out of the way. Because I'm tired of being where God used to be. I want to know where he's going. I don't want to miss the move of God. Scream at your neighbor. I say you don't want to miss the next move of God. You better move that stuff out of the way. Get rid of the gossip. Get rid of the vision. Get rid of the flesh. And say, Lord, where you lead me, I will follow. Say, yeah. Say, yeah. 
say, yeah, I feel like running in the temple. The fourth thing, you got to serve God. I said, you got to serve God. You got to serve God. Jesus said in Matthew, the sixth chapter, he said, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and the system of the world at the same time. And the fifth thing, you got to get rid of sin from your life. I should have put this as number one. But the writer of Hebrews says, since we are surrounded or compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that set so easily beset us and run with patience for a race that is set before us hallelujah you better set your mind if you want to be an overcomer you better set your mind if you want to stay delivered you better set your mind if you really want to be free you better set your mind if you really want an anointing in your life you gotta set your mind if you really want the peace of God in your life you better set your mind say Glory. Set your affections on things above. Set your affections on heavenly things. Heavenly minded people. Heavenly. I'm living here on earth, but I'm learning how to be heavenly minded. And Paul says this, there's part of this that is your responsibility. You have to set your mind. Immediately that tells me that it's a choice you have to make. I told you last week you can choose the mindset you want to live by. And the word of God as it unfolds, it proves that. For him to say you set it. I gave you the Holy Ghost, now you set your mind. It's, it's like, and I, I'm, I'm going to use Shekinah as, a, as an example. She's going to get me when we get home. But you know, she, she started working. And for some reason, I have to wake her up in the morning to go to work. But I gave you an alarm clock. 
that's your alarm clock. If you want to get up on time, it's your responsibility to set it yourself. How many of you want to make it to heaven? So it's your responsibility. If you want to get up when the trumpet sounds. Listen. And notice, because we can't set the time of his return. No man knows the day or the hour. But what you are responsible for is setting your mind. So you can be ready when he comes. Because Paul says, and he talks about us returning with him, being with him in glory. And the only way I can make it to be with him is I have to live not according to this world. But I have to continue to live according to kingdom mentality. I'm going to stop, but I feel like taking the text and preaching all over again. Lift your hands. He is writing, and even as you read the text, you tend to feel frustration. First of all, he couldn't get to them because he's, he's in jail. But he's writing to them sending them word and trusting that they would receive his word. He understood firmly that one of the greatest dangers or enemies of the church is culture. Culture. That's why even today when you look around it, it seems like the culture is really seeping into the church it's affecting the church more than the church is affecting society and that's backwards this is why Paul was so adamant in saying don't let anyone spoil you it was culture have you noticed when you walk into church a lot of times the church looks more worldly than spiritual and I'm not really focusing on the garment it's just the mannerisms the attitude it's not a new thing the early church had to deal with it also. Since when do you allow the world to dictate how you praise and how you worship the world? Since when does the world dictate how you should, how the music of the church should sound? This is why when God delivered them out of Babylon, the Levite writes it, I believe it's in the 91st Psalm, he says, play upon the harps and the cymbal, but he says, do it with a solemn sound. So he was saying, not only does God want to bring you out of Babylon, but you have to let him take Babylon out of you. So there should be nothing about the church that resembles the world. We have our own look, our own sound, our own mannerisms. It should look nothing, sound nothing like the world. Does it make sense for someone to come in the church, the house of God, and they see no difference between us and what they came out of? No. That's why the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to make a difference. There shall be a difference between my children 
and Pharaoh's children. He got tired of looking at confused children. They didn't know what they wanted to look like, who they wanted to be like. They forgot the songs of Zion. They were ignoring the things of God. He said, I've got to do something. And the only way to get them to adjust their mindset is to pull them out of Egypt land. It took them a while. And when they got out of Egypt, they started talking out of their mindset. And for 40 years, they walked around in circles. It's time for us to change the mindset and start following the mind of God. Father, I thank you for the word that you've given us today. Help us, Lord. Help us. We're striving to take it in. Keep talking to us. Keep ministering to us. Keep helping us. Your word is strengthening us. Hey, we don't just want to be a shouting church, but we want to be a living church. We want to be your children. Children that are ready to see you when you come. Bless us. Bless everyone here under the sound of my voice, even those who have attached themselves to this worship experience via live stream. Bless as only you can in Jesus' name. Say it with me in Jesus' name. Everybody in the house, put those hands together now and give Jesus. Oh, come on, give him praise. I didn't say praise me, I said praise God. Come on. Give him glory in this house. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise. bless you. Those of you who have connected with us via live stream, I want to minister to you first. First, I want to thank you for consistently and faithfully worshiping with us. I want to pray for you first. If you're in need of prayer, special requests that you want to make known to us, you want me to lay it on the altar, send that request to us, admin at grtdc.org. Someone from the staff We'll receive it and give it to me and we'll lay it on the altar. But we want to pray a prayer for you now. Just put your name in the comment section. We'll wait for you. We want to establish an electronic prayer line. If there's someone you want us to pray for, tag them. Even put their name there. Let them know that the saints of God here at Greater Refuge Temple in D.C. are getting ready to pray for them. Put their names there. Hallelujah. We'll pray for you. We'll give you time. The Lord answers prayer. I said the Lord answers prayer. Yes. We're praying for Sister Carlene, Donna Arrington, Terry Cox. We're praying for you. Joseph Brown, Jacqueline Olivia Pendleton, Katrina Oler and her family, Mother Mildred Shelton, we're praying for you. Mother Yvette Jones, we're praying for you. Sister Nicole Woolen and family. Yes. Sister Glory, the Cook family, the Perry family. Adrian Bowles and the world. Rather, the names are still coming in. We'll give you some more time. Sister Denise, the Barnes family. We're praying for you. Sister Keith Williams and her family. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ.
as the names continue to come in scrolling down the list you know them one by one name by name home by home situation by situation lord we're depending on you leaning on you some need healing for their body some need salvation some are in need of deliverance father you can do it all we ask oh god that you'd step by that house stop by that place step into their space work a miracle in their life we ask in the name of jesus say it with me reach out towards the screen squeeze that smartphone and just say in the name of jesus everybody put your hands together give the lord some praise amen thank you again for joining us until next week as we always say be careful be prayerful and be holy shalom shalom the lord Praise the Lord, it's Pastor Fields here, and I hope you have enjoyed your worship experience with us on today. Thank you so much for connecting with Grady Refuge Temple here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. I want to thank you for connecting with us, being a part of this worship experience, and we also, for those of you who may just be meeting us for the first time, wanted to tell you a little bit about ourselves. We are a part of a great organization, a great reformation. Churches of our Lord Jesus Christ it was founded in 1919 by Bishop R.C. Lawson. And this beautiful edifice that we're standing in is built, ministry founded by Bishop William Lee Bonner. I have the honor now of being the pastor. We have been growing. The Lord has been blessing us tremendously. Souls have been saved and blessed and set free and we're continuing the work yes even in the midst of these trying times we are determined to continue the work i pray that you'll continue to connect with us i pray also that as the lord delivers and set free that he will not leave you out you'll be blessed along with us as well until we meet again shalom shalom